Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. I am joined here at the helm by my brother in the martial arts, who Robert Deal. Hey, Bob, how's it going over there in Burbank land? Let me turn it up real quick. How you doing, bro? <laughs> I always hear that mic unmuted. What? <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing it's okay. Like my Except, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so I haven't talked to my daughter much. You know, she's in Dublin, Ireland right now. Uh, right. The, her converter, her electronic converter broke after like three days, and she had to go out and get another one. Uh, well, that's good. I I hope she I hope she does really well. I I've seen a couple uh, pictures, however, for her in a a pub because I, I guess the legal limit over there is eighteen or whatever it is. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know how mm-hmm. Irish like to drink. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope. Oh, I hope she, when she comes Irish back, I don't have to beat her ass. <laughs> I well, I, I pickled my I pickled my liver last night. Oh, but, so do you uh, guys have any? Irish I was in, in. Well, I'm sorry. What? Do you guys have any Irish? In you? Is your family? A little bit, a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, but okay. we've got German, Italian, Irish. We're sort of a. I'm a mutt. Oh, okay. I am definitely a mutt. Uh, so why did you tickle your so liver? You do that when you're sad. Talk to me, bro. Uh, well, I didn't tell you about this because I didn't want to worry you. I was in a oh, horrific no. car accident on Monday. What? Guy, guy ran a guy ran a red light. Flat out ran well, a red light. Hit me about 60, 60 miles an hour. Sixty miles. He was hour? traveling, and this. And this was on the street. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I was turning left. Wait, wait. It looked like he was slowing down to stop at the light because he was still way up the hill. And it looked like he was slowing down, but instead of slowing down, and I started my turn, he punched it. Oh, my and God. And I ended up in the hospital for a couple hours. You so I'm concussion? a little bit sore. Huh? Do you have a concussion? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. I was very lucid. They, you know, they asked me things like, "What year is it? Do I know where I am?" That sort of thing. I answered it perfectly. The funny thing was, when I rode in the paramedic wagon, I had to tell the driver how to get to the hospital. <laughs> and then the other paramedic kept saying, "Are you sure? That doesn't sound right." I said, "Trust me." Trust me, I for Uber. <laughs> yeah, tr- trust me. I live in Burbank. I know where St. Joseph's Medical Center is. I, I got checked out. Uh, nothing serious. 
they think when I got hit, I just, you know how when something happens, you tend to grab the wheel really hard. Right. They think that's, that they think that's what happened to my hands because they x-rayed it and that sort of thing. I'm not wearing my ring right now because my hands have been swollen for, for about six days now. But you don't, you don't have it, any broke fingers or anything like that, right? No, no, nothing oh. like that. Just sore. Just sore. My wife rubbed some icy hot on my back last night, that sort of thing. Holy shit. But I couldn't dude. believe it. But in, in case, because there were a lot of witnesses. Now, I was on my way to pick up a pasture. So there were a lot of witnesses, and I hope they cooperate my story. Not that, oh, that guy just turned in front of him. No, that guy ran a red light. So everybody that yeah. came over to me and asked if I was okay, I said, damn it, like I ran that red. So, yeah. so I was sort of subliminally putting that in everybody's mind that, it, <laughs> that came up to talk to me. Yeah. Oh my God! So the, their stories would he, match. Uh, so he he like, sideswipe you? I mean, did he like T-bone you? Actually, whatever that word is. Oh, he 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 T-boned me, hit me hard enough where he bounced off me and hit two other cars. Oh my God! Okay, so that were at a, that, that were perpendicular to him, huh? Did he stop? Oh yeah, we rode in the ambulance together. Okay. <laughs> and he was so careful about his wording. The nurse asked us, how fast are you going? I said, well, I just started my turn, so I was going about 10 miles an hour. That son of a bitch said, oh, I don't know how fast I was going. I was just going through the light. Like it was a leisurely drive. That dude was doing at least 60. And I oh. even told the cop, I said, I said, you've, you've been around long enough. You know how people fly down that hill. And he says, oh, yeah. So he right away, he agreed with me. Oh, my God, dude. And, and the damage that was done couldn't have been done by somebody doing the speed limit. Yeah, right? If someone's going 30 miles an hour, yeah. So the, your, your car's totaled. Don't know yet. And I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, it's still on a lease. I'm thinking about changing my bank account so that they can't take any more money out. It's like, oh, right. I repo it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, get right? it. It's an impound lot. Yeah. Oh my God. Elaine Yamano wrote in and she says, Oh my God, Bob, I'm glad you're okay. Um, John Lupo says, I, I, thought, I, will have to I, I actually thought I was, I actually thought I was done. I really did. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Oh my God. All the airbags God. went off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was, it was really scary. I, I went sideways. I have this abrasion on my side. From, mm-hmm. I, we, I think it's from the center console because when I got hit, my whole body went sideways and my hands were so weak, I could not pull myself up. It took me three minutes to pull myself vertical. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear you because, you know, when you go into shock like that, um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Hold on. Yeah, I didn't even see it coming. But, oh, I, I've already contacted an attorney. Okay, good, good. Uh, that was my next contact an attorney. That guy's going to try to... Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know he's going to lie, absolutely. Uh, well, and hopefully enough people cooperated in my story. I told the yeah. other insurance... I told my insurance company, I told one of the other drivers uh, uh, from, uh, uh, there, one of the other cars that got hit, I told their insurance company what happened. Uh-huh. 
I won't talk to his insurance company. Right. If his insurance right. company calls me, I'll I'll give him the number to my attorney. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't don't. Yeah. You're not. You, you should. Yeah. I won't to talk, talk to anybody. No, because nope. you know, I don't even know how the other insurance company's got my number. For that guy to be in the ambulance view and bullface lie with you right there, he hit you that hard, makes me just want to backhand yep. somebody. Tell you what. Oh my God, George he, Cornell. He was, he was hurt a lot worse than me. Really, he should have been because he pretty much like get on with you, you know, the side of your car, <clears throat> you know. Yep. Gee, you know, and I wonder if anyone took pictures. I remember I was in an accident. It was, um, it was kind of the same thing actually. It was uh, I was turning left a green light and there was nobody coming, and I looked toward the direction where I'm going, and they happened to look toward the coming traffic to check, and all of a sudden, it was, oh, my God, and it came out of nowhere and hit me, and I thought, was that the same car that was parked there just a little bit ago? So it teased me, and pretty much the same thing. I got slammed into the center console and and uh, laid bench C because I was drawing a, uh, a Buick Skylark and uh, came out in my karate uniform. I'd just been teaching karate coming back home and, you know, there's a, you know, there's all these police and people, you know, talking to this guy and this gal and uh, some ladies from um, an office right there at the corner came out and said, we saw everything. We're taking pictures. That guy and came out of that parking space and hit you on purpose. I'll take pictures and you take these to your to your insurance company. She gave me all the polaroids and stuff. Here's the funny part: is ah. about uh, about a week later, there's a knock on my on my door and I open it and I got served. I was being sued. Right? That's not the funny part. Um, I was being sued and I'm thinking, holy crap, what are you gonna do? You know, they can't take anything from me. Don't have anything, you know. Um, so, at the time though, I was working for for, for a subsidiary of United Way that uh, it was called the Center for Human Service, and we acted kind of like a, a middleman between um, medical and counseling services and people going through like intervention, um, you know, inter- intervention, alcohol intervention, and other types of things, right? We were acting as the middleman. Well, I was the data controller. So I might um, sheets and compile them into the database and, you know, communicate with doctors and providers and counselors and psychotherapists and stuff like that. Well, it turned out that this person who decided to sue me tried to sue me for, you know, all the usual stuff like missed work and, you know, mental this and that and injury to my wife. My injury, my child. That guy didn't have a child in the back seat. Had no child in the back seat. But anyway, this guy's name showed up in my database because when I heard his name, I'm like, that sounds familiar. So the next day I went to work, did up. Sure enough, this guy was under treatment for drug and alcohol abuse, and he was undergoing intervention. So, you know, another week later, I get a letter saying that the suit had been dropped due to strategic reasons. And I think it's only because the lawyer found out where I worked. 
right, right. No, I'm 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 probably done with driving for Uber and Lyft, and I'm I, I'm sending my 1099s from last year mm-hmm. from Uber and Lyft, and I said I'm going for lost wages for that. Okay. I made forty grand last year for Uber, for Uber and Lyft, and I've what? got proof. Forty. Yeah, exactly. Now, George, you know, if, if George Pennell writes in and he says, if Bob driving for Uber at the time, he may need to contact Uber and tell them of the accident. They may have some insurance to help you. Is that the well, case? Well, no, I was driving for Lyft, George, and I did. Or, I, I did contact them right away. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. And you didn't have a – no, George, he did not have a, a, a passenger in his car. <clears throat> So no, I was I was going to pick one up that actually is one of my witnesses. Oh, so they were they were there. You were getting ready to pick them up and slammed into you. Yes. Yep. That you're done driving for Lyft because you're you're a great driver and you're fun fun to be in a car with. <laughs> yeah, and I love messing with you when I'm in a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like I can only imagine what it would be like, you know, being in a car when you're driving, like, you know, them to the airport or AX or whatever, right? I mean, they wouldn't be bored, you know? <laughs> and the thing is that you are genuinely, you're genuinely, you know, just trying to make conversation. Whereas, you know, I, I know for a fact some Lyft and Uber drivers are just pretending they're nice customers. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, uh, so no, that that was my week, and my my you know my daughter posted some pictures. Of, I think she was drinking. I seriously think she was drinking. She was around a, a bunch of people at a table, and they they all again is in front of them. Oh, so I just you know. hope she's responsible. She's she's alone in a strange land. I hope she's doing well because she's got another month and three quarters there. Yeah, yeah, I think she'll be okay. I'll be okay. You know, yeah. I, when I turned 19, I immediately went up to Canada to drink. I thought, wow, this isn't really where you, all where that. Where you could drink, sure. Yeah. And I realized it really wasn't all fun. You know, it wasn't like as, as big a deal as you know, a 13 year old would think, you know? So, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> all right. Well, exactly. dude, I'm sorry. Okay. Let's get started. Oh, that's right. George says, I talk to my passengers. I think he's a, you're an Uber driver too. Lyft, George. Uh, but anyway, let's get on with the show there. Who do you have for birthdays? Uh, today, I have a good friend of ours from the Masters Hall of Fame, David Kamatoy from San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the 28th, I have George Dyes. I don't know if you remember him or not. He was the one who taught the... Uh, Stunt fighting seminar a few years ago at the Masters for us. And yes. Mantis Master Mark Holdley, his birthday is also on the 28th. And those nice. are my birthdays. All right. Well, today, um, Sifu Sonia Richardson um, is having a birthday. One of my Tai Chi students, Tracy Klassen, on the 25th. That's tomorrow. Jenna Villaduki is having a birthday. And Marie. Shout out to Marie. Marie took care of my mom during the last month, and I, I miss Marie. Let's get together for, for dinner at my house. 
right, on the 27th, we have Gregor Schuss, uh Travis Lawa, Kaylani Chin, my niece. I don't know how old she's going to be, like 22. I don't remember. I don't know. Um, Rick Collette is also having her day on the 27th. On the 28th, Lee Wilcox. And on the 29th, we've got Jeff Dean Myers, Don Redbird, my old 70 Shikis uh, co-worker, and Tom Crawford. So for every birthday, the week of the 24th through the 30th, songs for you. you own a gun, you have a full-time oh, responsibility. <laughs> when you aren't using it, <laughs> if you won't gun, <laughs> wrong. All right, here we go. Birthday, everybody. May I get a great birthday. All right. <laughs> Let me post the announcement ticker here. And uh, Bob's driving his announcement ticker. So, what do we have for announcements? Well, I, was, I just actually got up to grab the new flyer for Dragon Fest. Uh, Mike nice. gave it to me the other night. And Michael picked me up because he found out I had no car. And we went over uh-huh. and visited. The uh, the uh, venue, and it's enormous. This thing is so big. Uh, it has a huge uh, voyeur out front. Voyeur right right at the beginning. It's huge. It's not like the 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 one we had last year was really skinny and long. Mm-hmm. This one's like a square, right? And it's pretty big. Uh, then the seminar rooms are, is, is separate. Now, if he says if this one goes really well next year, he's going to expand again, but take where what? the seminars are as well. Wow. Uh, so we have a decision to make, you and I. Where do we want to be? Do we want to be well. in the foyer? Or do we want to be inside? Now, Jenny, I, and Michael are doing the arrangements. Uh, of course, inside it's going to be a little noisier, mm-hmm. but everybody's going to see it. Uh, right. There's a, a small stage, so we need to tell him where do we want to be. Do we want to be in the foyer, or do we want to be inside? And there are also mm-hmm. separate rooms that are going to have all their food out. So what do you think? Wow, that's a that's 
tough because, like, in the foyer, we could be more seen, but then we're missing stuff on the inside, right? Right. Um, you know, would there be would there be room for us to put up our backdrop so people can take pictures with it, just like we did in the last few years? Uh well, it, it depends. See, if we the, and this is a good point. If we take the the foyer, we might be able to put the backdrop next to us instead of behind us. Or, you know, we oh. could do we could do interviews either way. You see, where inside it would only be behind us, unless we did oh. what we did two years ago and put it next to the uh, Dragon Fest backdrop. And that was pretty cool oh. because everybody was taking pictures in front of our backdrop. Yeah. You know, I mean, could we do that? I think that would be kind of cool if we could do that. Like we did a couple years ago. I wonder. Yeah, I think I should ask Michael if he's going to put up because ours was right next to his backdrop. Yeah. Yeah, that it would was, be cool. And it was right, what was really cool was it was right across, right across from Cynthia's booth. Yeah. Yeah. And every time somebody asked for a picture, they took it in front of our backdrop. Hmm? Yeah, let's, let's, let's see if, if we can because I, I wouldn't mind being inside because that way we don't miss stuff. Because, like, outside, it feels like, hello, everybody. <laughs> I, I know. I agree. <laughs> and every once in a while, you, you would go in or we'd, we'd be away from the booth a lot because there was so much going on inside. Yeah. Yeah, and the the stage isn't very big. They're probably going to have to uh, curtail their their performances to the stage side <laughs> size because it's long enough, but it's not real deep. Okay. Right, it, it's big enough for like a three piece band for like drums, bass, guitar player, and and okay. a keyboardist. So maybe four piece band. That was it because they do a lot of weddings and banquets there. Okay. Uh, so that is going to be really, really cool. So some of the celebrities that are supposed to be there, and of course, like Michael always says, every 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 time he gets live with this, you know, if they get a paying gig because we because Dragon Fest is not a paying gig, they may have to bow out, and it could be at the last minute. We got right. like Chuck Liddell, uh, Joe Montana, uh, what. God, this type is so small, I can barely read it. Uh, Graziel Casillas is supposed to be there. Uh, Albert Leong, Eric Lee, uh, Fumio Demora, uh, Takaboda, uh, Kerry Ogawa Wong, Doug Wong, Carl Totten, uh, TJ Storm, uh, Gerald Akamura, uh, from Two Broke Girls, Matthew Moy is supposed to be there. And then the next day, that, that's the first day, then they're going to have seminars the next day. Now, what's really cool about Dragon Fest this year is everybody 17 and under is free for the expo. That's and a, that's a all big, act, wide age spread right there. That's awesome. That's huge. That's a, you know, they don't want to, you know, people coming, bringing their family and having to leave their kids up in their hotel room. So right. bring them. Yeah. That's really Why cool. Not? And also active military with a valid ID is also free. Okay. Uh, then there's the second day, 
that the active military is free for both days, but the children, anybody 17 under, is not, that's not their day. That's the adult day. But there's right. so much to do there. There's, you know, you've got ice skating, you've got bowling, you've got an arcade, you've got pool tables. Yeah. Universal Studios is not that far away. There are things for the families to do. Uh, let's see. We've got, for seminars, we've got John Hackleman, Leo Fong, and Michelle Manu at 9 o'clock. 10 right. o'clock, we've got Lou Fang, Vincent Seri, and Sifu Matthew. Uh, 11, we've got Don the Dragon Wilson. Michelle Manu is doing another seminar. And Sifu Kisu, Manuel, Manuel Rodriguez. At noon, we've got Benny the Jetter Kitas, Felix Rollins, and Robert Redfeather. Then at 1 p.m., we've got Dr. Camion, Art Camacho. I can never pronounce this guy's name. And that figures. Farbor Azak. Farbor Azak. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> see, I've never been. He, so it's going to be a great couple of days. Like I said, James Lou is supposed to be there. We may do the auction again for the celebrities like we did last year, mm-hmm. which well, we fun. raised. I think we raised an extra 1200 bucks for them. Yeah. That's fun. Or so. <laughs> uh, I don't know if any of them ever panned out, but, but it was a, uh, it, it was a good thing. You know, we, we raised a lot of money and then this year, however, they got grants. They got a $15,000 grant from the city. They got a $10,000 grant from Camune directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a couple thousand dollars from the county of Los Angeles that is paying for all the entertainment. Now, those are the only nice. ones who do get paid. Uh, nice. no, it, it's going to be great. It's just over two months away. So I'm really looking right forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. And, now, speaking oh, of I, I just, uh, Go ahead. Speaking of Dragon Fest. Original founder of Dragon Fest is watching Gerald Okamura. How you doing, Gerald? Yay. Hey, Gerald, we were just talking about you. Yes. All good. All good. Yay, Dragon Fest. What else is going on? So I did forget to mention one thing. I did forget to mention one thing. that <laughs> The important stuff, the date and the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoops. Please tell. Uh <laughs> It's going to be August 25th and 6th, uh, and it's going to be a Pickwick Gardens and Banquet Facility here in the city of Burbank at 1001, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. Riverside Drive. We've got, if she's still watching, we've got uh, Jamie Larkin Miser coming out from Kentucky. Uh, that, that's going to be a lot of fun we, that, we, that we get to meet. Uh, we're doing... Uh, of course, we always do breakfast, you and I and Kat, and, and maybe this time we'll hook up with Bob Gomez. I remember last year, he was, oh, yeah. he, remember we went to Denny's and he was around the corner? Right around the corner. I looked over and I went, I know, because I announced we were there and then he texted me or something and said, where are you guys? I'm here. <laughs> uh, so we go out to breakfast at Denny's. There's a Den- another Denny's that actually you and I ate at that you spilled all the toothpicks at. Yeah. Around well. the corner from Pickwick. <laughs> yeah, well. I had to bring that one up. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, and then there's dinner. We're going to go to dinner at the Mexican restaurant across the street. 
Nice. Yay. So that that'll be really cool. Dragon Fest is yeah, gonna but be- it's 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 you know, it's gonna be different this year than it has been in the past for Michael because everything's gonna be done for him. He doesn't the pipe do- and drape. I remember that first year? Oh man. <laughs> when we, <laughs> we show up with my truck and we had to do the pipe and drape ourselves and <laughs> Yeah, that was too much. <laughs> it was work. like the two Two pickup trucks, pickup trucks in his little box car. Yeah, right. But it was a lot of fun. Um, there's a question on the comments uh, about: Is there a hotel at the Dragon Fest site? What's uh, what's the nearest hotels there? No, there there is not this year, like there has been every year. Oh, okay. uh, there is. So uh, basically, oh, who has that? Who has that question? It was George. Oh, uh, well, there's the Burbank Holiday Inn. There's the Travelodge, there's the Ramada, uh, Spring Hill Inns and Suites. There's uh, uh, Residence Inn by Marriott. There's uh, Hilton Garden Inn. Uh, there are a lot of very nice hotels in the area. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, for the budget, for the budget, well, for the people that are on a, a really strict budget, Rosie, I always recommend like the Travel Lodge. Or right. something like that. Or maybe that one. How was that hotel you stayed at? Griffith Park Hotel. Um, it was, you know, well, you know, it was a motel. And, you know, it was it was small and cozy. You know, and if, if somebody is really hip on, on having a free continental breakfast or room service, then, then it wouldn't be the motel for you. But, you know, I'm good with a clean bed, clean room, and a shower. You know, I don't need a bunch of amenities and stuff like that. You know, if you're one of those people and that, that that was the Griffith Park Motel. Yes, absolutely. I don't remember. I don't remember what it's called. I'll have to ask Cat. Cat, are you still watching? If so, what was the name of that hotel? The one next to the little cool breakfast place. So, um, anyway, but yeah, you know, well, it's, it's, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's the one on Victory. It's called the Griffith Park Motel. Is it? And it's if kind it's like a bunch one. of like little yeah. villas. It was like a bunch of little houses and stuff like that. Yeah, if that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was it. And it's like right next door to this really small but just incredibly awesome breakfast breakfast place, and it was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, there's a little hole in the wall, right? Yeah, it, but pretty much. But it was clean and it was awesome. Oh my god, it was it was like one of the best breakfasts I've ever had. So I don't remember what uh, it's called though, but anyway. All right, Dragon. So make your make your accommodations now, or get your tickets now. Buy your plane tickets, whatever, because it's gonna be huge. All right. Oh my goodness. Let's see. I've got one announcement, and uh, you know, me and Bob are really good about like uh, promoting stuff like two months ahead or whatever. But this is for you women martial artists out there. This is um, this is all about the Pacific Association of Women Martial Artists. Training Camp 2018. The theme, the theme being Hear Roar, and this goes. This time goes um, from Thursday, August 16th, through Sunday, August 19th, at the YCA Camp Loma Mar at 9900 Pescadero Creek Road in Loma Mar, California, 94021. And um, if you register now. And uh, if you register and register as a member of PAMA, um, you can get the member rate. Otherwise, the rates go up July 
team. Um, scholarships are available to attend camp, um, available for qualified mama members only. You can apply by July 6th. Um, and the information about all that and the application for scholarships are on the PAMA website, pawma.org. Now, <clears throat> at camp, this year's selection of teachers to be trained um, are Professor Barbara Bones, Kaju Sifu Michelle Dwyer, um, Chi Gong and Xiao Gong Fu and Tai Chi, people named Jen Berg and Kyobu Sierra Hardin, Taekwondo, Sifu Sally Chang, Tai Chi and Chi Gong, Sifu Robin Dahlberg, Tai Chi and Chi Gong. Good thing I didn't apply for Tai Chi and Chi Gong. Um, Molly Hansen, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Sifu Ann Killeen, Arnie, Master Ian Pham of Cha, Cha Yon Ru and Hofong Do, Nikki Smith, Judo, and Contra Mestra Tigresa, Capoeira, and me. I'll be teaching Pangamon and uh, assorted Filipino martial arts drills. So there you go. It's a nice lineup of uh, long teachers. Now, for those of you that are familiar with PAMA, uh, PAMA again is the Pacific Association of uh, Women's Martial Arts, and it is an organization founded by women for women. And no, it wasn't like founded just to be some you know feminist thing or whatever. So I gotta nip that in the bud. People think that PAMA is all about feminism and this and that. You know how guys can't be in and blah blah blah. Well, you know, let's take a look at some of the martial arts organizations out there that are mostly. Guys. You know, and this was back in the 1970s, the early 1970s, when, you know, women were just, you know, becoming, uh, getting into the forefront of, of martial arts and stuff like that. I mean, you know, people like Malia Bernal, for example, you know, all those, you know, all those uh, pioneers in the uh, 1970s, there weren't very many women. So these women got together. It started just to come out with like, five or six people and it's grown to nationwide but it's primarily a west coast headquarters thing and every year since the early 1970s I believe 1973 um, they've been having training camps for women um, by women um, and let's not forget teen girls teen girls are allowed um, in there also so if you're a female martial artist uh, you're a female martial artist that is interested in um Going to a camp where you don't have to worry about all that testosterone. <laughs> Come to Pama, check out pawma.org. Become a member. It's a great organization. I've been uh, with the organization since around 2010 or 11. And um, there you go. All right. <clears throat> and Jay Larkin writes, same here, Rusty. I just need a place uh, to sleep and shower. Well, you know, the Griffith Park Hotel is a perfect place or motel, I should say. It's just basically a room and a bed in a bathroom and a and a microwave. But, you know, it's cozy. And it's right next to a really cool breakfast place. So there you go. All right. We are running behind. Oh, no. it is well, but for Dragon Fest, she, she should be joining us right for breakfast. Yo, yeah, good. Yeah, I wouldn't miss that. I'll, just, I'll just, put, that. Just, putting out, just putting that out there, Janie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Join us for breakfast, Janie. <laughs> Join us for breakfast. Dragon Fest. 
All right. Well, we are running a little behind. That's okay. Uh, because I really wanted to know what's going on with uh, Bob's accident that he had. Um, so that's why it took up a little bit of time. So let's just go ahead and here we go with the health All right. Okay. Uh, so, you know that there are a whole bunch of benefits to training in anything. But in this case, you know, we're talking about a weight loss program. Um, there are a lot of benef- benefits to training with a group. I mean, let's face face like getting private coaching is great. However, is it necessarily better? Well, maybe not for all people. Now, Bob um, Gillivray, who's a personal trainer and founder of Retrofit, says group activity may not be a new concept, but has certainly seen massive international uptrends the last 20 years, with rapidly rising numbers in spin selling aerobic and dance exercises and the emergence of CrossFit and its tribe mentality. Um, He says, I believe it to be a key indicator that working out in a motivational pack or using it as a tool to enhance internal or external competitive performance is fast becoming the preferred form of exercise. Now, not only group fitness having a moment, it's having a significant impact on our health, too, he said. Now, research shows actions of others rub off on us. In a study published in the Journal of Social Sciences, it, it was found that participants gravitate toward the exercise behavior of those around them. And a 2016 study published in the Journal of Obesity found that overweight people tend to lose more weight if they spend time with fit friends, and the more time they spend together, the more weight they lose. So there you go. It's uh, it's uh, it's actually becoming more of a trend. I mean, I I remember when people would always want a personal trainer. They wanted a private coaching and stuff like that. And you know, I'm not dissing private coaching because you know I provide private coaching, and private lessons, and stuff like that. Um, but in in, in martial arts, however, <clears throat> um. It depends on the teacher how they how they uh, make a uh, make a private lesson plan. Right? I mean, some people say, "Hey, I want to work on my forms this time," and have a teacher that will you know, nitpicky on your forms for that for that hour or ninety or what have you. Um, you know, um, a lot of times people come into private lessons not knowing what they want. They just want to learn things on their own from a teacher. But you know, in Group mentality, uh, group glasses, and that group mentality, that's where I should. I mean, I love getting private lessons, but when it comes to group mentality, I love feeling the energy of other people, you know, in the class with me. I figure if I'm suffering, they better be suffering too. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to share the pain. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. So there you go. Nothing Nothing group training and nothing wrong with the training either now i just want to remind our people that if call in we're not going to uh, we usually open our phone lines at about six so but we had a 15 minute like leeway there we had to um 
deal with because uh, I really wanted to know what Bob was doing after his accident. Uh, Bob got into a really bad accident over the last, um, just last week, right, or the beginning of the week, correct? Right, Monday, yep. Yeah, so, you know, we're running about 15 minutes late. So, move on to Weird News. Now, okay, this is there are some weird injuries that happen. Like, I don't remember, like a, uh, a year ago, I jacked my back up sitting up off the couch. Or if you're sparring with Kathy Long, you know you're going to get jacked up. You just, but you may not see it with your eyes. But you know it's coming. If, okay. If, if, if if she if if she throws a punch at you, you may not see it, you may not be able to block it, but at least you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, because right? she, she like that when she throws a punch. I'll tell you what, folks, when she throws a punch, it, it's like a freaking laser, man. It's like whatever she wants it to hit, and that's why she's a five world champion. That's so, right, and for some reason, your hands aren't there to block it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad enough. Yeah, how, you know how that feel. <laughs> Well, in in Philadelphia, a fan went to the ER after being struck in the face by a hot dog. (laughs) That's crazy. Fortunately, Kathy just has a black eye. No concussion. The hot dog wrapped in duct tape was fired into the stands by the Philadelphia's by Philadelphia's mascot, the Philly Fanatic. Fun tradition, but I think he put a little bit too much mustard on that dog. <laughs> so, is this a thing where you shoot hot dogs of a out of a you know t-shirt cannon, hot dog cannon? I, you know, I guess it was. I guess it was. Yeah, but wrapped in duct tape. Wow, I mean, those things can become missiles, those wrapped in duct tape. Holy crap. Yeah. You know, wrapped cotton and candy. And I guess she didn't see it coming. Pop, popped her in the eye and blackened it. Dang. How weird is that? Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's weird. <laughs> who, who would that have, is right? weird. All right. Yep. Well, let's. Let's hear about this week's entertainment news. Wait, where's my... <laughs> I hit it. I hit it. I really did. <laughs> what happened? What's going on with this? Oh, come on. My button isn't working. <laughs> okay, here we go. Entertainment news. There you go. I had to press it like five times. Okay, for the, for the third week in a row. Well, when I used to, to man, the sh- man the show sometimes, sometimes... It would like be delayed because you know it's touch screen or whatever, right. or a mouse click. It would delay it, and you just keep pressing it till you get so frustrated. Uh, yeah. So for third week in a row, Roseanne Barr again. She broke down in tears after posting her racist tweet, saying mm. she may be a loudmouth, but she would never knowingly call a black person a disparaging term despite comparing Obama's advisor, Mallory Jarrett, to an ape. Barr's comments 
Fe- yeah, that's some serious stuff. That's like some serious bars comment stuff. Oh, oh yeah, you know, she, oh, well, if it's not in here, I'll I'll go over it a couple things. But Barr's comment came just two days after her infamous tweet in late May on Rabbi Shmuley's podcast. The rabbi did not immediately release it. Barr says she knew what the fallout would be, that she would lose everything. She admits she was wrong, but insists she would never willingly say such things about African-Americans. TMZ broke the story almost immediately after Barr was fired by ABC and the show was canceled. There was discussions about bringing the show back without her. That's what happened last week when ABC announced the re-reboot of the Connors. Now, what they were afraid of is that she owned part of the show. So she mm-hmm. was still going to get paid, and they didn't want that. So mm-hmm. she laid it out and said, okay, she, she basically disowned the show. And they're oh. bringing back everybody else except her. Mm-hmm. They were gonna, first, they were going to do a show called Jackie because Jim Parsons tweeted that or uh, did an uh, Instagram post on that they were doing a show called Jackie, which is Roseanne's sister, which played huh? his mother on the Big Bang Theory. Uh, oh, right. And then there was, okay. there was talk about about her doing, them doing a show on Darlene, which also mm-hmm. was on the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. But now I guess it's just called the Connors. It's going to be revolving around the rest of the family. I'm sorry. She, she, you know, whatever she said, wrong, right, indifferent, didn't mean to because people do say stupid things. I don't think it's really going to last without her. She was yeah. the backbone. She had the comedic timing over everybody else. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be the same. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand either. ABC's stand, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Russ made it. So there you have I it. Made it. Yeah. Heidi Lowe is watching. Hi, Heidi. Hey, Russ. Hi, everybody. Hi, Heidi. That joined us, Tom Dwyer. That joined us. Um, who else joined us? Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Tom and Julio and Hayden. Yeah, joining folks. All right, let's do this real. Quick. I know we're running about fifteen minutes late, but we are going to open the phone lines. <laughs> we are going to open the phone lines in about five minutes. Let's take a quick break and go get a drink. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about keeping students engaged and interested in martial arts classes that include adults as well as kids. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of cross-training. And, um, and this and this, this uh, was suggested by Maddie Evans from Australia. He writes, you know, what do you guys think about cross-training by sparring people from other martial arts to test your style or test your skills, so to speak? Well, I call that MA, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, we'll also be addressing um, a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, controls, how to deal with them, you know, do you deal with them, you know, what do you do, that kind of thing. And um, let's, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, just why, why some martial artists 
um, just criticize each other anyway. What's the point? We're all doing martial arts. So don't go away. We will be right back right after this. High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of X when your ex won't stop texting you, or how to write an essay on 12th night the night before it's due. It's about making friends and making memories. It's about deciding where you fit, where you stand, and what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed, after you've left the hall and moved on with life, after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests, you'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were gonna be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peake says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right, you're back. 
If you're just not tuning in, this is Dynamic Joe Talk TV with Robert. Our phone number is right here. Right up there. And um, <clears throat> the subject we're going to be addressing, we're going to be addressing how um, you guys keep your martial arts students interested and engaged. We're also going to address um, cross training, the pros and the cons. Um, not only in martial arts, but in general, cross-training, like, like um, exercises and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on bulls and trolls, how to avoid them, how to deal with them. Um, we want your input on that, because it's only me and Bob here right now. We want, That means there's like two opinions on that. We want how you can deal with that. And, uh, and uh, probably more, depending on where the conversation goes. So... Um, let's see here. Tom Dwyer is listening. And uh, just shout out to Tom. He is the host of the Big Daddy Road Show. Check him out on Facebook. Look it up. Big Daddy Road Show. It is an adult comedy podcast. It is hilarious. You need to you need to uh you need to watch that. I've been on his show a few times and it's just a whole lot of fun. And uh, Tom says, I'm here just supporting my friends as always, Dynamic Dota Talk Radio, one of only three top shows I watch, and I'm just a martial arts fan. If I did any of these, uh, of these, if I if I did any of these rockers can do, I'd break my back kaput for good. <laughs> and and uh, Tom goes, share? Did you get friends? I did. So he's sending out a challenge. If you if you like the show and like the discussions that we have. Um, yes, we have. You know, please share the show, because uh, uh, we couldn't do this show without you guys. If you guys have any uh, suggestions on people that you would like on the show, uh, martial artists and stuff like that, then let me or Bob know. Just go ahead and private message me, Ristita De Jesus, or Bob Robert Deal D E A H L. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> and George Wright is that is that after Bob started Story about a car accident. Commercial during the break talks about buzz driving and drunk driving. <laughs> so, so yeah. All right. So cross training, folks. Cross training in martial arts. What do you guys think are some of the pros and the cons to cross training? Training should be done right from the go, or do you believe that uh, you should cross train in martial arts after you get sufficient skill in one art? Um, you know, that's, that's something to start with. So let's, um, let me ask Bob that question. What are your thoughts on cross-training? Do you think people should cross-train right, right to the gate, or do you think they should uh, at least get assistance for one art before they go out somehow? Okay, now that's a great question. That's a great way to start off. And I was, I had one opinion, and I'm, I'm going to, it's going to go back and forth. Now, if you cross-train like I did from the get-go, but that was what my instructor did. It really, it was cross-training, but within the same school. So we did the Ponatuka and the JKD and the Kali and the Wing Chun. Now, if you're going to a specialized school, uh, a karate school, Wing Chun, whatever it is, I believe that any student that, want, that is going to cross-train needs a base first. Before he goes out and, and cross trains and, and tests his skill because he's not going to have any of his white belt. He's not going to have any skill level to be able to 
to to do to do it effectively. Mhm. Exactly. Um, Russ Ebert writes and he writes old old style martial arts were all cross training, but today that means you load up your plate and burn out. So Russ says he, uh, you should wait. Rick Kellerman writes in, hey Rick, how you doing? He writes in and he says you need a solid foundation before confusing yourself. Different styles, particularly in kung fu, have different body structures. Thank you. And method and movement. Amen. Amen. Um, and uh, Tom says, Tom Adams says, no, I don't. It depends on the teacher. Nathan Hobrich, Hobrich is watching also. Uh, thanks for watching, Nathan. So, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I'm pretty much in agreement with Bob. I believe that you should have a firm foundation in whatever art you're in right now. So, for example, if you're doing karate and you're like, I don't know, like a purple belt or things similar to that, you know, I would say probably wait until you get your show done, at least, or maybe even, you know, your, your you know, your brown belt, um, you know, so that way you know you, you have a grasp on your skill and that you have, you know, have had that constructive criticism from your upline teachers, skill um, <clears throat> rates, because you know, I was having a, a discussion with one of my private students today and was talking to him about perceived skill versus actual skill and um, and how our own ego can convince us that we're, we're a little better than we are or a lot better than we really are. Because, you know, and a lot of times it's not because they have big egos, you know, like... Uh, Hey, look at me! I'm doing blah 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 art, and uh, I'm a badass. It's not that they go around doing that. It's just because sometimes people's brains don't really, you know, get that that what their bodies are doing is not matching what the teacher would expect from you. Um, it's basically the self perception issue at that point. Um, you know. And people want to get good at something. Point also, it becomes easy to yourself that you're better, so that way you can get more. You know, you fries with that. You know, drive through kung fu, I call it. <laughs> you know, just order from the menu, right? Um, Janie, um, hold on, let me back up here. John Lupo writes in. He writes, I suppose a pro would definitely be that if they co- they complement each other. Um, wait, hold on. I suppose a pro would definitely be that if they complement each other. That's a good thing. A con would be getting your styles mixed up. Doing a judo, for example, during a, during a taekwondo demo. <laughs> That's true. And uh, Russ Ebert says, get a ring from one before you propose to another, you martial arts fuzzy. <laughs> Wink. He winked on that one. Um, Jane Larkin Miser writes in, and she writes, after you get sufficient in art form, it keeps the confusion down. I cross-trained now. That was after I got my black belt in Taekwondo. Um, and John writes, how often how often do you picture yourself excelling something before you actually try it? Um, a few Tom Adams writes, now if you go kafu and then to jiu-jitsu, then I would say, yeah, they're two different arts. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're 
if you're doing two completely different things, then cross training, you know, shouldn't, you know, affect the other. Um, so for example, you know, when I started doing kudo, Japanese archery, the training method um, and and the use of you know a weapon was different enough, but all the other stuff, such as you know your mindset, your posture, um, actually helped because I've previously done iaido, and that really helped with my study of kudo, and it didn't conflict with either. Really cool. So so yeah. Now, to answer John's question, how often do you picture yourself selling something before you actually try it? That's a really good question. Uh, how would you answer that, Bob? Or Bob? I'm sorry. Say, say that again. <laughs> so the question is, uh, from John Lupo, the question, how often do you picture yourself selling it something before you actually buy it? I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm missing something. So how often do you picture yourself excelling at something before you try it? Is that the yeah, wording? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Uh, I would say not very often unless, you one, you have an ego. Two, that you have mm-hmm. a, a body type. Maybe you already, because you're big and, 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 and strong, maybe you already think you're Billy Badass. Mm-hmm. I I I see where John was going with it. I don't think uh, uh, it's very often that people say I'm, I'm going to try martial arts because I'm going to be really good. <laughs> no, you try it for different different reasons. You know, that's a good point. That's a that's a good point. You know, I haven't met anyone yet that says I really want to do martial arts. I think I'm going to be a badass at it. <laughs> I've met I've never met anyone actually say that, but you know, there's billions of people out there. You know, there has to be somebody, but you know, I don't know if he's quite talking about it like that. Like, um, for example, you know, kind of along the the. So I think John, are you talking along the lines of envisioning yourself doing that? So for example, you know, you watch someone doing, you know, flawless judo, you know, and you know, flawless foot sweeps and stuff like that after binge watching, you know, the judo championships or thing, and you go, Wow, I wanna do that and you picture yourself doing it. Right? because um, you know, I did when I was a kid. I pictured myself as a black belt, wearing that black belt and being doing that. And it was still kinda of weird though, 'cause you know, it was you know, I think I was like 12 or 13 at the time, um, and I was like a purple belt or something. And, and I thought to myself, wow, I could see myself being a black belt. I could see myself teaching classes, but I really couldn't tell what it would be like because it, it wasn't that time yet. So, you know, um, in that case, then I do. Know same with kudo. I when I saw kudo in a, in a video, and I thought I see myself doing that. That would be so much fun, and I love the culture behind it and the dynamic of movement behind it. I, you know, I, I can see. Um, so, so for me, I do that, but for me to go, I really, I'd be really good at kudo. No, not like that. <laughs> now, 
uh, Rick Kellerman writes and goes, if you go to other styles, you need to look at it like a set of gears. You need you can get hung up on where they clash, or you can see where they fit to each other. That's a good one, Rick. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Sanuka Homestead is watching. What's up? Um, Tom Adams says, now I, tra- I cross-train in Kung Fu and Jiu-Jitsu and Filipino martial arts. Kung Fu and Filipino martial arts uh, are somewhere close where Jiu-Jitsu is different because you have to learn a fall. Um, John Lupo says, I'd almost speculate that boxing complement a lot of hand and combat styles because you would be taking more hits as a boxer than any other style. That is very true. That is very true. Um, <clears throat> Russ Ebert writes, if you think you're good, don't you give and dust chance? I'm not understanding the question. I'm not understanding that one, Russ. <laughs> And Bruno writes, aren't aren't there different training for different disciplines? Um, Bruno, yes, there is training for different different disciplines, um, it, and it depends on depends on the art. Now, um, you know, the they say that there are you know two different uh, two main categories of martial arts. You've got your traditional martial arts, and you've got your eclectic, which includes MMA. Uh, eclectic in martial arts, being that you you know you you improvise and you and you devise different ways of doing things that work for you on one style, right? So eclectic uh, would be like uh, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do, uh, Kajukenbo, which was uh, um, formed in the late 1940s, which at the time was considered kind of Odd to a lot of traditional martial artists, like oh, they're mixing styles. That's wrong, <laughs> right? But it works, you know. And the self-defense works. It was brutal back then because they mixed karate, jiu-jitsu, kempo, kung fu in the Filipino martial art, um, and it worked. So there you go. Um, what would you say about uh, you know different training methods for different disciplines, Bob? Because you you crossed right from the get go, right? I did, I did, and I forget who said it, but I, and I agree wholeheartedly with them that if it complements each other, mm-hmm. uh, I I go for it. Uh, kickboxing and boxing, right? I think I personally think they complement each other. It's just adding the legs, but you've got mm-hmm. the, the boxing hands, right? Uh, you know, you know, Pan and Tukan. It's Filipino boxing. If you're a boxer, mm-hmm. great. All it, it's there's a little different footwork, and now you're adding the the destructions. You're adding the guntings. Right. Exactly. Uh, I love and now, if to- you're studying Wing Chun and go and study Jiu-Jitsu, there's almost no complementing mm-hmm. there. But if there you, you study, go. let's say Jeet Kune Do. And Wing Chun separately, absolutely, because because uh, Jeet Kune Do has elements of Wing Chun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, Bruno, you know, a little more on on to answer your question. Each art has its own specific flavor, and uh, even each dojo and each gym or table has its different training method. So, for example, you know, if you're going to be a sumo wrestler, you know, but 
the people in the karate school around the corner aren't going to be training exactly like sumo tori around the corner because, you know, the, the, the sumo reps are training for a specific type of combat. Karate people are training for a specific type of combat coupled with in some Joseph's spirituality um, um, and learning kata, learning kumite, you know, uh, sparring, that kind of thing. Then you might go to a Muay Thai gym where they're actually hitting things all day and, and, you know, getting their cardiovascular up and stuff. They have a different training method because they have a specific um, goal, you know, to, to work toward, whether that's, you know, hitting in the ring, um, or just using kickboxing type for fitness, you know, you know, it, it's a, it's a completely different thing. Um, so yes, there are different training methods for different stuff. However, that's not to say that the training styles can't overlap. Okay, in any good martial art, knowing your footwork and your stance is important, and that's you know, I would say that's probably a universal. Know your foundation in all the martial arts, right? However, the stances in each martial art, the the foundational principles in each martial art could be different. So, there you go. All right. Super <clears throat> um, Tudo, extremely fun to watch if you're not into it. Then if you are into it, then you watch it too intensely. That's me. <laughs> That's me. You know, every Tudo uh, demonstration I've ever seen, it's been so quiet. Where you can hear the bowstring squeak as it's being drawn, and everyone is quiet even after the arrow hits. It's um, amazing, and it is, it is boring. It's like golf for me. I can't watch golf. It's boring. <laughs> but I guess if you're into it, if you're into golf. It's the most, most exciting thing. Terry Lee Lopez is watching. How you doing, Terry? Now Sanuka's homestead writes. Um, I am second generation. My mother, Hanshi Veronica Water, came up under Grandmaster Moses Paul. I was born into martial arts. A great lineage you have. Second generation under Grandmaster Moses Powell. That's awesome. Um, Nuka's Homestead says, what? I don't know what saying what to, but <laughs> I know. Um, and uh, Russ Ebert says, don't you quit if you're good. Mission accomplished. Uh, Tom Adams writes, Bruce Lee proved you can mix different martial arts systems. Um, he's just going to what works for you and what doesn't work for you. That's really hard, and that's why he's a master. Joe Lang watching. Hi, Joe. Uh, Lucas Homestead writes, balance. You have to know how to balance. No one can really cross-train until they master balance. Amen. And um, that kind of goes, you know, toward the, um, toward the uh, what I was talking about with Bruno a little bit earlier is that, you know, the foundation principles and um, your foundation stances, uh, they have to be mastered. Master your body first before you uh, cross chain. Um, so, yeah. And um, Janie writes, a fail for me cross training is the stances. Korean style is long stances. In Japanese styles, not as long, so I get kicked a lot by my soke, lol. Well, it depends on the style of karate, right? Um, you know, in the style I did, uh, Butokukan, uh, we had stances that were, I guess, at least in my dojo, 
on this side of the water because there was what called this side of the Puget Sound and the other side of the Puget Sound. At the time, there were um, also schools on either side of the Puget Sound here in Seattle. Our side of the water, stances um, were longer, more like Kung Fu, not quite as deep, but they were longer, right? Um, I would say everyone on both sides of the water at that time, when I was coming up in the 70s, were, you know, uh, longer than most, right? But, um, but you know, that's not to say that the stances were uh, less than stable. We had to learn the stability. Um, and uh, anyway, rust, right? Style mixing has been going on for ages, and it's really just a modern approach, unless the martial arts isolated itself. <laughs> so let's see. Um, hi, St. Clair. Thanks for, for coming in. Um, Howard Heller writes, as you know, Rusty, Kali and Kajakembo go well together with Jeet Kune Do. That's right. I love it. You know, that's, uh, you know, I love the Paris Escrima. I love the uh, curriculum that uh, my other instructor, uh, Chris Bidley, taught me. Um, and I love kind of blending them together, you know, because, you know, Dulce Paris is all about change. That uh, grandmother, Kakawai Kate, he, he said, the only thing consistent about me is change. And that's why he uh, he uh, developed his system of the Paris. And it works really well with the one Hopkindo that I teach. Um, anyway, so those um, so getting back to cross training. So, so some benefits. What are some benefits you get cross training? Me, I see that uh, you know you can develop different muscles. Right. So, for example, you know, if you're doing karate or taekwondo or traditional kung fu or what have you, you know, you're, you're probably punching, you know, in a lot of uh, your traditional exercises, you're probably punching from a chambered position, right? <laughs> right. Where if you're learning boxing or kickboxing or MMA, now you got to learn to like if you're guard up, you know, you a little more head movement, whatever, right? Um, and your stances are different, so you're. So you're teaching your body different references of movement. Um, you know, the trick, though, if you're cross-training, is keeping those references apart. So you're not, you know, if you're doing a, you know, kumite or karate class, you're not all like, <laughs> like that. And vice versa, you know, if you're doing kickboxing, you're not going to, you know, be in a traditional stance or, or so, just thing uh, that. All right. So, but, uh, some benefits to cross training are when people. Well, you know, the pros for cross training are to up your skill level. But and the reason you were just saying is, you really to to keep it separated, Rusty. You have to have that base, and that's what we're saying all along: is have a base, so that. Mm-hmm. So that if you're in a karate style, you don't all of a sudden go to Kumite and you're you're in a Mo- Muay Thai fighting position, <laughs> right? <laughs> or something like that. That's extreme, but that sometimes that's what it is. Yeah. Or in Jamie's case, you know, they've got long long stances, where maybe a kung fu has has shorter stances, or maybe even longer stances than they do. The mm-hmm. secret is to be able to separate the two, whatever your cross training is. 
there's one since in uh is a taekwondo practitioner here mm-hmm. in Burbank that will not let any of his students go out and cross train. Period. Oh. Even if they're black belt level. He won't let them take seminars. <clears throat> he won't let them to do anything. Wow. And 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 students are good with that? No, they have no choice. If they're not good with it, they're asked to leave. Yeah. Now, Russ Ebert writes in, he has a great question. He, write, he writes in, is the reason people cross-train is because they feel they are missing something? Oh, that's a good question. Now, you know. Um, sometimes, yes. Yeah, I, you know, I was going to say this thing. Sometimes, yes. You know, for some, it, it, it's hard to to stay motivated in one little discipline for decades. However, I've known a lot of people that stay with one art for like 50, 60 something years, right? But I guess another right, one, right. yeah, I guess one of, one of the other pros or advantages after you get sufficient foundation in, in one art is that the cross-training can bring back you know, some of that, you know, excitement that you had as a young girl and, you know, and possibly allow you to look at your current long-term art with a different perspective, you know. Um, and, you know, and, and also another advantage, I guess, also is, um, earlier I was talking about different muscle references, but, you know, it, it also strengthens, um, you know, things that are weaker. So, for example, if you're a boxer, you know, you've got great upper body, you know, movement, great footwork, you know, with your legs, you're quick on your feet, your head on your feet, you know, you've got great punches, you move from, you know, waist and your legs and stuff like that. However, when it comes to kicking, you might suck, <laughs> right? Because, you know, it's a little different. You know, your balance has to be a little different. And if you don't know your kicking range, you might just knock on the ground, you know, or on the other hand, you know, if you're a good kicker, like in Taekwondo and really fast and stuff like that, um, and that's what you're used to, you might not, you know, you might not be able to deal with a boxer once that boxer is on the inside of those. So, you know, it's a it's a great way to strengthen your ranges of combat because, you know, I come from a school of thought. That 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 you know if, if you want to be stuck in king range for all your life, you know, be my guest because I you know I met a lot of people. Don't you? They'd have to get through my kickers. Have any people like that? Word bug. <laughs> I, I I thought I hit my unmute button. No, absolutely. <laughs> I've I've known a lot of people like that. Now I knew somebody, or I I met somebody that had developed. They're kicking to such an extent, block whatever you threw with it, whatever you threw at them, hands, feet, knees, with a leg. What? Really? I, wow. Now oh, yeah, this guy it. was a magician. This, this guy was like wow. heel choke type. He was in the old oh. with his legs. Wow. And that, that's incredible because, you know, if I could get, if I could get my kicks as fast as, you know, how I normally throw hand holy moly <laughs> right 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 
and I've lost a lot of flexibility too. I need to get back to stretching, but you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Rick says, I used to say they didn't get to the kicks first, and they did. So I learned wing gun boxing and now some other methods. <laughs> and John goes, If you can't take a solid hit in the foot, what the hell are you doing there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling, even if it's catch wrestling, or, you know, stuff like that. 
So, yeah. Um, well, but the thing is, though, if, if let's say you have you, you get yourself uh, a high level in let's say wushu, all right. Mm-hmm. So you know wushu backwards or forwards, and then you lose in a fight on the street mm-hmm. or in the ring or something like that. All right, mm-hmm. you can go back to your wushu training, and then in your mind go through the fight. It's all right. Why did I lose this fight? Did I go left right. when I should have gone right? Should I did I block when I should have done this? Whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that background, all right, or skill in a martial art, you cannot right. sit there and analyze the fight in that way. Basically, yeah. so no, you, you don't you don't really know why you met you why you uh you screwed up the fight. And you and then right. you sit there and say, Well, Jay, you know, I'm only a yellow belt taekwondo. I lost this fight. Well, taekwondo is worthless, I'm gonna go go to a different martial art. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people tend to do. Not all, but you know, a lot of people they tend to go, Oh, well taekwondo sucks because you know, all they do is kicking. No. But <laughs> But you know, it's, at that point, it's I think it's a mixture of ignorance, not you know, by just seeing you know one example um, of Taekwondo. But the thing is that you know, let's just for a Taekwondo white belt, or I don't even know what the next belt is. Um, yellow and you, uh, yellow. Okay, so let's say you're Taekwondo yellow belt, <laughs> and you lose in a fight. You know, the thing is, the only thing they might have been exposed to is sparring. Not actual fighting, but sparring. So you're right. They will not have the capability to analyze fight in a fight with a fightality because at that point, as a beginner, if all they've done is sparring, the only way they can analyze is through a sparring mentality, what I think. Um, well, that's true. Yeah. So but you know, what I'm saying is if, if if the only skill level you have in martial arts in general is only at yellow belt level, mm-hmm. you don't have the martial arts skill to analyze your fight properly right. to figure out yeah. exactly why I lost this fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, my biggest problem with Taekwondo, because my black belt's in Taekwondo, all right, the average person who does not take martial arts or does not take Taekwondo and the mm-hmm. only experience they have with Taekwondo is what they see in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. In the Olympics, all they do is kick. Right, right. <laughs> that's, I've seen it. that's the main problem I have with the Olympics is Taekwondo is that all they do is kick. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I hear you there. Um, now, here's a great question from us. Russ always has the most off questions. He writes, is there a difference in training for pragmatism that you lost and cross-training because your interest doesn't look on? That's a great question. Is there a difference in cross-training if you lost the fight and want to up your skill or cross-training because it looks great to do? Let's hear from you guys out there um that's a, you know that's a great question bob you know what are your thoughts on that question 
Well, it's funny that he mentioned that because I was thinking about that, and there is a big difference. Uh, mm-hmm. If let's say you were studying taekwondo and you wanted you 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 wanted faster hands or you wanted more upper body work, and, and then went out and 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 studied boxing or jeet kune do or muay thai or whatever to build uh-huh. your skill level up. That's one thing. But what if uh, you were studying a kung fu system and went and went out and said. Wow, I, I like the way they're moving with those sticks. I'd like to study some Kali. Huh? Huge difference. Yeah. But they're both valid. But they're both really valid. Exactly. And it may I not know. be, like I was saying, it may not be because they lost a fight. It may be just because they want to heighten their skill level in certain things. Like if I wanted to heighten my skill level in my legs, you're damn right I'm going to walk into a Taekwondo studio. Mm-hmm. I want want faster hands i'm going to go to go to a boxing coach maybe or if i yeah. want to learn how to slip maybe a little better bob and weave i'm going to go to a boxing coach mm-hmm. they're different but both very very valid yeah yeah you know I, but I, you're I, right he, he always he always asks the greatest questions doesn't he i know i love it when russ russ watches the show it's awesome <laughs> i love it absolutely you know, I, and they're always in depth and and he really yeah. puts some thought into them yeah. Well, also, look, look, look what Bruce Lee did. Okay, mm-hmm. he he knows wushu and 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 tai chi, and that's his background. All right, he's and he's excellent in that. So what he did is that he looked at all these other martial arts, and he basically picked different sections of the martial arts that mm-hmm. would help his own martial art or help himself mm-hmm. in his martial arts. Okay, right. he wasn't a master of all these other martial arts, but he mm-hmm. talked to people who were masters in those martial arts, and he would either either spar with them or watch them fight, and then he would be able to sit there and figure out, you know, what parts of those martial arts would help him in his Jeet Kune Do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Rick Kellman writes in and goes, um, Wu and Tai Chi, his father taught him briefly Tai Chi, but his main art was Wing Chun. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm just going to assume, Rick, that Wu Shu as, uh, in, in the generic term, martial art, right? Um, so, there we go. Um, so, um, Russbert says, if you can perceive your weakness, Brain full of it, right? So it's wrong to seek another school. Question two. Um, now here's the thing. You know, I was going to say something about um, the original we had, Russ. You know, I, I believe that yes, there is a difference. Not only like in learning different references, but there's a, a difference in the mindset. Why? Why your mindset? I should go out and I want to learn another art, right? Because, like, okay, you lost. You might have the mindset of, yeah, God, you know, I tried to kick and suck, so, you know, uh, I want kicking or, or whatever, right? Or vice versa, you know, I tried to hit him and, and you know, I got hit base because I punched from a chain position. I, I need to learn boxing, right? And then you have people that, that cross-train because, you know, that's their mentality, that that's their personality, you know? A a little bit of everything and want to get good at those elements and put them together, you know, for whatever, for my 
my own expression for oh, it looks cool. I don't want to try it or, or whatever. Um, but I, you know, I do believe that, that there's a difference in uh, reasoning to why people cross train and mindset getting into the cross training. So there you go. Let's take another call. We've got area code two seven zero two seven zero. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? This Janie. Hey Janie, how you doing? Good. Well, we started talking about Taekwondo, so I had to jump in on this one real quick because we're talking about <laughs> Olympic I knew you style. Would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we got to talking about Olympic style, and the, so there's two different. Just like any, uh, like karate has several different styles. Taekwondo does too. We have five original kwans, and then the Olympic style didn't come back, didn't come out till like the 1950s, and so that's mostly kicks. And when they're doing their Olympic stuff, to me, it looks like soccer without the ball. And it gets, exactly. it gets messy. Good analogy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to me, I don't, I don't care for it. I would really love to see Taekwondo shine in the Olympics and show exactly what it is that we can do. Because we're not, I mean, yeah, we 70% kicks. I preach that all the time. But we also have some defense techniques. It's not just kicking. You know, it's just uh, either a finishing move or a starting move uh, for that. But, I mean, if you have never seen the Korean Army, uh, they're doing my style martial art, which is ITS. So we got the kicks, but there's a lot of self-defense involved in it. Uh, So, uh, and the, the stuff that you're seeing in the Olympics is WTF. Well, was WTF. They dropped the S because they didn't want to say what the fuck. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> yeah. When that acronym came out, they dropped the S. Uh, so now it's just uh, World Taekwondo. <laughs> So, but with cross training though, for me, um, I'm 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 cross training with Master Suarez, uh, Grandmaster Suarez, uh, since Dan in in uh, he's a tenth dan in karate and and an eighth dan I think in because uh, you can't get any higher than an eighth dan in taekwondo, um, but and he he uh, trained with June Ree for a while, but he's got me cross training. Uh, between Shotokan and uh, Okinawa, Okinawan style, and uh, also uh, Wataru. So, <laughs> so when I talk about my stances, I'm not sure which one I'm supposed to go into when he's telling me to do something. <laughs> so, <coughs> ah, so sometimes right, it's long, right. sometimes it's short. You know, and Wato is always usually pretty much in a cat stance. So anyhow, did we lose Rusty? I think I don't know. I don't hear anybody. It's like crickets chirping back there now. I know, right? I, I heard. So who you're coming out for Dragon Fest? Uh, who are you bringing with you? You're bringing Elmer and your daughter, or just Elmer? <laughs> I, I would love to bring <laughs> Elmer and my daughter, but I think it's just going to be me. Uh, my funds oh, are Oh, did you? Short. Okay. Yeah. 
So oh, I'm free to anybody who wants me. <laughs> oh, good. That, we'll have a lot of fun. And if your friend's short, they'll like Rusty a lot because she's short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear you're oh, doing man, okay, though. If she didn't chime in on that, she we must have lost her. We must don't know have. where the hell she was. My picture's like the only thing up online. on the... She, she's flashing my picture it, up there. I, I don't I'm know. Gonna scare people off. I'm going to scare people off, I'm uh, telling you. I, I, right? No, no, actually, <laughs> you'll, you'll have a lot of fun. We'll we'll get together. We'll have breakfast and dinners and stuff like that. Uh, how awesome. how uh, long before uh, the event are you coming out for? Are you just coming out like Friday and staying weekend or what? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to be out there on the 24th and, and be heading home by the 27th because uh, since I'm the security manager, uh, I can't leave my guys unattended for too long. And I'll be attached to my phone too, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. A lot, lot of good you can do from 2,500 miles away. Yeah, exactly. But you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. So your daughter's not coming in. It's just going to be you. That's, that's, gonna so, be, that's so fun because I swear I, I'd meet your husband and I'd have a hard time not calling him Elmer. No, you're fine. That's all right because <laughs> if he's not being teased by my father, he's being teased by somebody, so he's used to it. <laughs> oh, Rusty just it, texted me. All she said is shit. That's all she said to me. Oh, no. <laughs> so. I that that sort of speaks volumes with her though. Right. Now so okay, let's, we're running the show right now, is that what's going on? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So well let's talk on the next subject, Katie, because I know you can teach class can you on, on certain things. Can you yeah, now we can work to go. Yeah. I know, right? I, I don't know. On my main on my main line it wasn't working at all. You guys just couldn't hear me, and people were saying that they lost you guys. Um, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, what the heck, right? But I had to call in on my phone. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Go figure. But uh, now, out there in Facebook land, can you hear all of us now? Okay. Um, can you guys hear us? No sound? Hold on. Let me uh, let me write on the thing here. No sound yet. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Gotta love those. Uh, I know, right? Tom says, "Oh, well, I can hear it on my phone." I hear what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me, I'm gonna let me ask Kat, Can you hear us? <laughs> all right. Here we go. Yeah, so, we're, we're coming through on mine. Go ahead. Well, I can hear all you guys. Um, oh, they said there's no sound. Oh, see, I called and I broke everything. Oh, no. The day on. Jane broke, know, went, right? uh, broke radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hold on. But yet, I, I can hear the audio on Facebook. Uh, I turned on the Tom Dwyer says, Tom Dwyer says, we can't even read lips. <laughs> no sound. No sound. <laughs> ah! 
Yeah, I unmuted oh. my computer and uh, just to check, and I maxed out the volume, and it's there's no sound at all. He says everyone's saying, <laughs> "There she is, freaking out." <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. There she is, freaking out. <laughs> you don't freak out. <laughs> I know yes, you're, you're, you're like yelling. I read your lips. You said no sound. <laughs> no sound. Yes, Russ, I'm freaking out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't, so anyway, okay, so let's see if we can take a phone call and see if they can hear us, but let's make okay. sure that they want to talk to us. So um, if your area code 214, if you want to, if, if your area code 214 and you can hear us, please press 1 on your telephone keypad. <laughs> Oh, I just read your lips. You should be ashamed of yourself what you just said, Rusty. All right. This is a family got, show. Oh, wait a minute. I know, right? Whoops. We got area code 214. 214, you're on. Wait, hold on. 214, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV with no freaking sound. <laughs> what are you guys doing? I have no idea. We have no sound, apparently. I, I can hear you over the phone, but when I was watching you guys on Facebook, I couldn't, I couldn't see everything just froze. What's going on? I, I, I have no idea, Goldie. We have no, we have no, we have no clue. Um, hold on, wait a minute. I'm going to take full blame, sir. As soon as I get, it's the day that Janie broke the, the radio. I got on and it all went kaput. I'm sitting I'm here in, I'm sitting here in Tucson, Arizona, listening to the show, and all of a sudden it goes blank. So I said, "The heck with it! I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, and, and dial in on the on the phone." And you guys are still talking about. It. I hear you, but I, I, if I was on Facebook, I couldn't see or hear anything. You know, I I have no idea. I'm like texting. I'm texting. I'm texting, and I'm saying, you know. I'm dropping an F bomb, mouthing it. Yeah, I'm mouthing it. <laughs> Boy, did you ever? Well, if you can't hear it, is it really a swear word? Yeah. Now, Russ goes, maybe if everyone dumped <laughs> the show and came back in. Well, why don't we try that? How about we try this, folks? How about, how about we, hold on. How about we, we keep on the air here on Block Talk Radio, and I'm going to start a new live feed. Let's see if that works. Okay. So, hold on a sec. I'm going to start a new live feed right now. Signing off. Let's see here. Signing off now. Check. Check. I can't. I can't type. Check my profile in a few minutes. 
Okay. So, um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop this particular show, and I'm going to start a new one. <laughs> so, talk amongst yourselves, and I'm going to go do this. So, go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. It's all you right now. Talk about yourselves, please. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my guy. When you do that to me. Uh, no, let's talk a little bit because I know Janie goes, Janie goes through this, and I know Goldie goes through this. Let's move on to the next subject, which is bullying. Now, when we're all pretty much around the same age, uh, uh, except Goldie is, is eons ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. thanks a lot, Bob. Goldie goes through, but now when we were younger, there was only really one kind of bullying. It was face to face. Exactly. Right. Now you've got, you've got oodles of other things. I've got my my old high school, my kids' old high school. They're they're having at least one suicide per year because somebody's being bullied and can't handle it. When we were kids, if we were being bullied, our father would slap us in the head and say, "Go deal with it." But see, and now there's social media. Oh, go ahead. But, but you got to remember too, uh, when we were growing up, the bullying was all, always mono or mono. Because if, if if your friends had to get in and help you while uh, being bullied, then they were considered sissy, and and you were considered a punk. So yeah, it was always one on one, and and you can deal with one on one. But today, it's it's fifteen against one, and and most of the cowards are going to uh, bully you through uh, either Facebook or or text messages or or Twitter accounts or something like this. So you can't get to them even if you wanted to. And and some kids are not right. equipped. Some kids are not equipped to handle that because their whole world is social media. You know, because when when we were growing up, we would go out and play stickball or basketball or something because we had activities outside. We weren't on a computer all the time or on a phone like we are in these days and age. You know, so we can uh, actually put that crap behind us. But the kids of the day, it's almost like that doggone phone or that computer is an appendage to their body. So they never get away from the bully. Absolutely. Because, right. Goldie, I don't know if you have a kid today, what color is this guy? And they didn't even know. Exactly. And, and, and that's, where the, that's where the crime shame comes in is because, one, parents won't monitor how often a child is on whatever these social media channels are, especially if they're being bullied. Right. And and the, and and and, if the, and the parents don't monitor who these kids are talking to. They could be talking to a pedophile if, if, as far as the parent knows, and that happens quite frequently. So and, until parents get off their behind and start being parents and, 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 and eliminate this nonsense from their children going, well, you're invading my privacy. Well, if you're under my roof, you have no privacy. <laughs> that phone, you know, that phone I'm paying for. You're not paying for it. I'm paying for that phone. So it's my phone, and I'm just loaning it to you. Mm-hmm. you know, That's and, and, right. But our problem is our parents won't be parents. 
and it's causing our children to die needlessly. And, you know, I've said this over and over again. There is no such thing as a bad child. Bad parenting, yes. Bad children, never. Because children learn their behavior or non-behavior from the adults that they surround themselves with. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Uh, It's ridiculous. Yes, sir. You know, we had this discussion last week, Goldie, last time you called in. And one time I was doing something to my with my daughter to her or something, and she looks at me, looks me in the eye, and says, "That's bad parenting methods." I went, "What?" <laughs> I, I, what? Why did she even learn that? That it was bad parenting methods. Of 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 course, then she couldn't sit down for a week, but that's another story. <laughs> but this. <laughs> It was like, where would a kid learn that outside school? I'm a bad, I'm, it's bad parenting method because I said no to her. Well, see, you know, the thing about it is, I, uh, like I said, I, I'm sitting here in Tucson, Arizona. I just came, I'm on my way back home to Texas from San Diego from doing a seminar. And uh, while I was here, my, my, my daughter is here, so she came down to, uh, to visit me. And we had a good talk, and she goes, you know, you were such a hard ass when I was growing up. She says, but you know, now that I'm I'm an adult and I've got children, I know exactly what you were talking about. I didn't appreciate it then. And I always thought you were mean and evil, but you always told me, well, as long as I'm feeding you, as long as I'm clothing you, I can be as mean and evil as I want to be. If you don't want me to be mean and evil, don't eat my food and don't ask me for clothes. And she said, now she's trying <laughs> to say the same thing to her daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so she's doing the same thing to her daughters, you know, that I did raising her. And we sat here and had a long conversation. She just went back, uh, back up to Phoenix, and she just said, you know, I never appreciated anything that you did as tough as you were on me. I never appreciated it until now. And that's what I'm getting at. Wow. got to stop trying to be friends with their child because we have mm-hmm. to make hard decisions that they just do not understand because they're, they don't have the experience, they don't have the wisdom, and they're not old enough to understand. You know, I don't think there's any sound on this second, on this second feed either. This makes me No, there's sense. no sound. I just checked it. Yeah, me too. So maybe, maybe Facebook, ah! Facebook must be having problems tonight. There she goes. She's freaking out again. (laughs) Well, I I tell you, what we need to go back to is is the good old way we were doing it before we had the Facebook feed and just have people listening on the on the the phone. (laughs) That's That's it. That's right. Well, you know, you know. Let me try this real quick. Let me try this. I'm going to get the link to the actual audio. Um, And then, let's see. I'm going to put this in the, let's see, this in Facebook real quick. So, uh, David says, I can hear you on Blog Talk Radio. So, this must be a Facebook thing. It is. 
messing up. Okay, Facebook so, yeah, let me get the link on the actual, let me get it on the comments here real quick. <clears throat> Oh, come on. Get on here now. There we go. Let's see if I can. Uh, uh, what's going on? <clears throat> oh, what, what is the heck that? Is that? What is that? <laughs> my cat. <laughs> That's my cat. <laughs> are you, sp- you screaming the kid? Is it all in me? No. He uh he's seventeen years old. And it's like you're the cat. I mean a kid. He's seventeen years old and he's got a little bit of kitty diabetes going on. So when he eats, I think it hurts his stomach a little bit, so he just bellows like that. Uh Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's getting up there. I, I thought I thought you had taken a, a phone from a kid and they were crying. <laughs> My kids have done that many times. <laughs> they cried when I took their stuff out of their room too and only left them a bed. Exactly. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, and so they had to earn here. each piece back. <laughs> oh. Aww. Yeah. So Russ goes try logging off their FB account and completely restarting. That's a good idea. <laughs> Let me try that. Let's see here. Um, because I'm going to have to try this again. All right. Let us go to. Well, anyway. Yeah, Bob, you can keep it. You can keep it going for another five minutes. <laughs> Let me do this real quick. <laughs> so. Janie, at your at your school, do you, do you have – well, no, let me ask this first of, of Goldie. Goldie, you're a retired peace officer. Before you retired, did they have the divisions that came out in, like, LAPD, the Internet Cybering Division and all that crap? Did they have that with you? No. That, that's that's a, a, a new thing. Um, oh, it is. I wasn't sure if you were around it. with it or not. Yeah, um, I, I I retired in 2006, and 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 it was just now starting to be a major thing. You got to remember, unfortunately, with law enforcement or government entities at all, they have to wait till a number of people die before they get off their butt and 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 then start to be proactive. It's just like how many times have you seen? Accidents happen at the same corner over and over and over again, and people complain that there should be a stoplight or a stop sign placed there. But it's not mm-hmm. until a couple of people die that they go, maybe we should put a stoplight or a stop sign. And the same mm-hmm. thing is happening with this. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. About a year and a half ago, I got nailed for failing to yield in a crosswalk. And a, literally a month later, there was a stoplight at that crosswalk. I go, yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> it should have been here a month ago <laughs> when I got pulled over. Exactly. You know, but uh, uh, like I said before, unfortunately, 
Um, and I see that a lot in, in the martial arts, too. Instead of us being proactive to a situation, we are reactive to a situation. Yep. Right. And by that time, it's too late. Somebody's either been seriously hurt or killed or whatever. And, you know, it's just like this bullying thing. We let it get too far out of hand in our school because here's the thing. A kid is bullied, right? And at home, if it's a good parent, the parent says, well, what I want you to do is if you get bullied, you go and tell the teacher and let the teacher handle it. Well, the child goes and tells the teacher, and the first thing that comes out of the teacher's mouth is stop being a tattletale. Yes. You know, right. so now the kid feels like they're abandoned. So when my kids were in school, I, I, I gave them my rule. My rule was simply this. If, if somebody's bullying you, you know, before you knock them on their ass, <laughs> uh, what, I, what, what I want you to do, because all my kids have to study the martial arts. That's the rule of my house. So before you knock them on their ass, you go tell the teacher. If, the, if you get no satisfaction from the teacher, then you go and you tell the principal. And if the principal doesn't uh, uh, do anything about it, then I'll step in. But when you tell the teacher, you come home and say, Dad, this is what happened. I told the teacher she did nothing. Okay. Did you talk to the principal? I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the principal tomorrow. Dad, I talked to the principal, and he did nothing. Now I have to go up there. Because mm-hmm. when my son or my daughter knocks somebody on the ass, you're not going to be chastising my child and, and talking about you're suspended because we got zero tolerance for fighting or whatever have you. Because now you've got another mm-hmm. fight on your hand, and that's me, and you're not going to like it. And, and you know the irony thing right. is, right. is, is that in uh, in in the twenty years that I was uh, an officer, I got two principals terminated and one school superintendent terminated. But you wow. have to, you have you have to be proactive. You can't just mm-hmm. sit on your behind and 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 think that the teachers at that school are going to protect your child. Because that teacher, you got to remember, has four to five kids in each one of their classes. Mm-hmm. You have right, to be, exactly. how many How many parents actually go to TTA meetings and find out what the hell's going on? How many parents go to school board meetings to find out what is being voted on for their children's education? None of them, because they don't want to be bothered by that stuff. They've got too many other things they want to do. Yeah, like Your drinking a 40-ounce or, or or acting a fool. Exactly. You know, and, and, and that's ridiculous. If the parents do not get engaged, then your your child is left defenseless out there. Mm-hmm. So it is not just a bullying uh, problem. It's a parenting and an adult problem. Mm-hmm. Because we're not doing what we're <laughs> supposed to do as adults or parents. And, and as long as that bully uh, feels empowered to do what he or she is doing with no consequences, what's to stop him? Nothing. I mean, a right. good example. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to get political here, but a good example is what's happening right now with our government. We got a man in office that is doing stupid stuff with impunity because 
the people who are supposed to keep them in check, i.e. Congress and the Senate, who is all Republicans, won't hold him to task. So he can continue to do what he wants to do. And, and the same thing with, you know, the HUD, Zar, uh, who is an asshole. The same thing with the EPA uh, person. They can do whatever they want to do with no, you know, nothing to come down on them and say, we're going to hold you accountable. Well, that's the same thing that's happened with our children. There's no accountability. And then, if, of course, if your child stands up for his or herself and knocks one of these fools on their butt, then the first thing they want to do is put your child in alternative school or suspend them and say that you are a bad parent. So it's a right, catch twenty two all the way around. Absolutely. Uh I I went to my son's school and said you've got this kid bullying my son, I want it to stop. I went to the vice principal and it did stop. Now I scared the hell out of my son because we were actually registering and that kid and his father was in front of us. And he looked at me, begging me not to say anything, because I was going to knock his father on his ass. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have a problem. You know, because let's, let's, face, let's face it. Why, is, uh, why does a child bully? He bullies, and if you look at the parents, the, the parents are bullies. Because let's face it, the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree. Well, but sometimes it's not even exactly. the, the parent. Sometimes it's the teacher who's the bully. Uh, mm-hmm. For cool me, I, for me, uh, when I was in grade school, uh, I was coming <clears throat> in from recess, and I had a kid bullying me, and I was keeping them at bay, keeping them from touching me and stuff. And, and my teacher asked me what was going on. He said, well, it was all that, that uh, taekwondo or karate, whatever, that martial arts stuff you were doing. I said, I said the the kid, uh, I said, well, I wasn't really doing any martial arts stuff. I was just kind of keeping them off me because they were trying to, to kick me. And um, and he said, well, that's a bunch of crap. You're out there uh, playing around. I said, no, sir, I wasn't. And he says, don't you talk when I'm speaking, you know. And I was being as polite as I because I was always taught to say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you know. And the dude shoved me into one of those wood desks. You know, the wood. Oh, the, damn. Had the, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Had the metal frame the and then the wood top. Was it the teacher that did it? The teacher shoved me into a desk. You know what? That teacher would have died that same day because I would have been up there and they would have <laughs> uh, had, had to arrest me because I, I, I'm sorry. I, I would have I literally just, just, you know what? You put your hands on my child. It's one thing if my child's in the wrong. But if. My child explained to me what you just explained to me, and you were my child. I'm sorry. There would have been one less teacher in that school. Oh, there is. My mom, uh, as soon as it happened, I ran straight to the principal's office, and I told him I need to call my mom right now, and he asked what was going on. I said, I'm not telling you right now. I need to call my mom. And once I got my mom on the phone, she was there in a heartbeat, man, and she was ready to jerk a knot in that, in that guy's head. <laughs> And he was uh, he was terminated <laughs> by the end of the week. You know, because I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I I've gone as far as, as, as I, I have uh, my kids were playing outside one time, 
And and this one other kid, and I happened to be looking outside, and this kid was throwing a rock at uh, at other kids, and my kid happened to be in the same direction with rock. And I went out there and I said, "Hey, don't you know you can hurt somebody by throwing rocks?" And he he, he threw the big F bomb at me. He said, "F you." I go, "Excuse you?" I said, "You little brat." I'll tell my dad. I said, "Go get your dad. I'll whoop you and your daddy dad." And I'll start with your dad first, and then I'll get you later. And he and he went and got the dad, and 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 the dad said, "You're talking bad to my to my son." I said, "I told him to stop throwing rock." Well, you can't talk to my son. Unfortunately for him, he, I was not in a good mood that day, so I grabbed him by the collar and I threw him across my car. And I looked at him. I said, "Every rock that your child throws from now on." I'm going to punch you one time. Of course, they moved the next day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, it's 8.06 p.m., and there's still no sound on the Facebook live feed. I am, I am beyond missed right about now. So I'm just going to say, you know what, let's uh, – it was, it was a – Great show until the sound started kicking out, and it sounded like it was a gradual thing on Facebook because uh, some people had sound until some minutes later, and then it, like, all cut out. So, huh. <clears throat> yes, everyone's going to Maybe get the sound guy is cross-training. <laughs> if he is, it's CrossFit. wondering what the heck's going on with the with the with the sound but you know let's just go ahead and call it a day and uh next week we might have um a guest where we actually will use be live tv and uh be live tv allows people to see our guests so normally for these discussions we use uh btr and facebook live and we're going to be broadcasting through facebook live um by Be Live TV, and we might have a guest uh, named um, Kurt Doyle. He's in Texas, and he's a multi uh, uh, multi art practitioner. Has multiple black belts, and uh, he's a good friend of Kathy Long. So we're going to see if he's going to be he's going to be able to join us next week. Um, I asked him last year if he wanted to be on the show, and completely forgot about it. And then he got a hold of me. And he forgot about it. I forgot about it. So this time I'm just going to see if we can get him on. Uh, he had mentioned something last week also about uh, about wanting to get on. So uh, we might talk to him. Uh, we might have Kat uh, maybe joining us uh, because he is a good friend of Kat. Um, and uh, I don't know him very well. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So anyway, we're out of here. And thank you guys. Thanks, Goldie, for calling in. Thanks, George, for calling in. Thanks, Janie, and everyone else that called in. Sorry about the no sound on Facebook, but I figure, you know what, it's been two hours and ten minutes, and I'm pissed off and I'm hungry. <laughs> so let's start off. Call it a day. 
And we'll see you guys next time. Keep your eyes out on me and Bob's pages and Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio page to see what's going on for next week. Bye, everybody. It was a great Bye. night. I'll uh, see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Take care. Rest up there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>